Hello, everyone, and welcome to Griplock's preview of the Jonesboro Open coming up this weekend. Jonesboro, Arkansas, one of the longer is it longer standing? 2017. 2017. So, so one of the longer standing tour stops. I think it was like on yeah, the pro it was tour. On the original pro tour. No, 2016 is the original pro tour. So the second year. So the second year. Yeah. Um, it's up there. One of the classic events. Uh, it's going to be interesting this this year in particular because it's a week after a major, which typically it just kind of causes some weird things uh, on the leaderboard wise. Yeah. Usually the only events we ever see are like the week after USDGC, which is much different than the week after Champions Cup because it's a full season in, mm-hmm. or the week after Worlds. And typically you see players just have a hard time bouncing back because of how much mental focus and preparation goes into a major. I don't know with an early season major what it's going to be like, though. Yeah, I think it'll be a little, like, because the thing is, too, with the four major schedule, whenever we had only Worlds and USDGC last year, I remember literally thinking that Worlds, it felt like Worlds was the finale of the season. Yeah, it felt like, weird. When, when there was another event next week, you're just like, what? We're still I have doing a little this? bit of that this week. I don't. Not like the end of the season, but a little bit of yeah, like, we're already back at right. it. Right. It does feel weird that we're already back at it. I agree with that because you do invest so much more focus into the event when you know it's a major, even just as a spectator, you're paying really close attention to all the storylines. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's the it's the brand new major. I think of all the majors, this will be the least, you have the least effect for this one because it's just the newest. So that's just how it's going to be until there's some history there. Um, but you know, it was at WR Jackson, like it was like kind of a big deal. Uh, obviously it kind of, uh, it was a wild finish. It's four rounds of golf that, that I think factors into it too. So yeah, there's, there's definitely that feeling. I don't, I think that as far as the players mindsets, obviously if you're the major champion, I think that we could see almost like a letdown week because you're riding that high of that major championship, Whereas I think for, and that's not necessarily going to happen at all, but it could be. And then I think for a lot of the other players who finished really close, this is almost probably feels like a revenge week. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this week we're going to get it done. So I'll, I'll be curious to see um, where a lot of like the close to first finishers end up in comparison to the champions from last week, just to see if there's any any kind of weird movement yeah yeah i'm just yeah because like it i said it wouldn't surprise me if this was like a, a fluky event like like a vegas to where like things just are kind of all that's what i'm place. saying because i i feel like that kind of has a tendency to happen the week after a major in general just right. because like you were saying there's there's so many emotions so many things that go around a major and one thing regardless of where people finish is there's so much preparation leading up to that major yeah. and so much focus even from the beginning of the season that when you quickly turn around a lot of times it can give us an advantage on to the field almost over the players like Chris, Ricky, Paul, Calvin, because like, right. I don't know. know. We'll see what this is because first year major doesn't have as much importance and stuff. So, you know, and I was kind of thinking through, it's funny. I was thinking through like the whole, I've been thinking a lot about the whole majors thing and like, you know, trying to think about how, how are these players processing a first year major and like, how are they thinking about that? And what I, what it really came down to me, what I actually realized is like, at the end of the day, those players, the reason that they're going to care a lot, uh, it actually cause it actually came from an interview I just had um, with Paul Yulabari, where at the end of the day, no matter what year major it is, whatever, they can call themselves a major champion. Mm-hmm. And they can add that to their major titles for their career. And I think that that is, a, people forget a lot about that. Regardless of the history of the event, because it's brand new and the field or whatever. A major is a major. You win a major, you now are a major champion. So are you willing and, to admit 2018 Kona Peach Day? Did I never? Did I say it wasn't a major? 
You every time I say Eagle McMahon's a major champion, major. you come I after think, it. I feel like that's a shtick. Was the field full? Is that why I come after it, or is I just doing a shtick? There's been noises around here all day. Just, oh, just let it. I, mean, I swear that was a door opening, but yeah, no. uh, I don't think it's a shtick. Yeah, I don't know if it's a shtick. I don't. Not, I but feel regardless, like, I feel like I would have been maybe halfway serious if there was like not a full field at the event. I well, think it was a European major, so depends on your definition of full field. Like the the top guys right, were there, but it right. wasn't like a full full field. I don't know, but doesn't matter. Let's just start uh, counting this year. Okay. Everybody's back this year. Okay. Because, yeah, like Chris Dickerson is now a two time major yeah, winner. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how players bounce back. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. But again, tough to know until we actually see it. Uh, talking through the course, though, overall, very scorable course. Uh, there's only five holes last year that averaged over par, with the hardest hole being hole 18, which averaged 0.41 strokes over, which I think is pretty fascinating. Um, cause for some reason in my head, I just thought Jonesboro, like it, it is a tough course, but it's not like super tough. And I guess it is kind of like a park style course in a lot of ways. Yeah. A lot more open. Um, and it, I, I don't know. It did look to me from just some clips that I was seeing that distance is an advantage Yes, because there's time. long par threes, especially to and where. And there's some OB that takes a lot of distance to clear. Yeah. And if you want to go for it, you're going to need so distance. So the guys who can really, like, I mean. And that being said, obviously everybody at the top of the game right now throws plenty far. It's not like they're we don't really in disc golf have anybody at the top who like it's like, ooh, if it's a thrower's course though, like a really long course, they're gonna struggle. Um, that's not really the case. No. There are guys that we know probably won't they'll, ex- they'll they won't excel s- more at it. Yeah, a they won't course. sneak up the leaderboard. And they're, yeah, they're guys that you can like look towards more, but like all those guys at the top throw really far, but yeah. it's it looked like it'll be a factor. I'm yeah. curious to know what the FPO. I know they're playing short baskets. I think some baskets, some tees. Some it's a mix. So I'll be curious to see how that layout yeah. layout shapes out. Uh, there's enough OB in play on the course to at least be considered, but surprisingly, last year it didn't really it didn't seem to be that much of a factor. Like yeah. most. It seemed like most players just went OB a few times throughout the event. That'll uh, it looks like there's a lot of like. When I'm looking at the event and like thinking if I was playing the course, I would go OB several times. Right. It, it'll be actually, that'll be interesting because at the major last week, there was really no OB. So that was something that players weren't even having to think about. And going back to a course that does have a good bit of OB, like it, your strategy and you have to concentrate a lot, like to think like, okay, this is where I can't miss. Um, so I'll be curious to see if like there's yeah. an early barrage. It's of, also of a lot of like having to clear like uh, there's like some par threes where you have to clear. There's an island uh, hole. Yeah, they have an island. Um, yeah. and stuff like that where on the tee you're making a decision of go for it or leave it or like lay up short, and the players choose to go for it. You know, I obviously the OB's in your head enough that like you might pump it deep. I want to see. To get I want to see more disc golf holes like that to where there is an option to like par four where par four or par five to where you have an option of trying to clear something or laying up short now what do you think so like one of the holes i believe it's like hole 14 at jonesboro i forget the distance but it pushes close to 400 feet ob just shy of the basket but it's a par three yeah thoughts on something like that because like it it, it's a very risky two but it's not long Mm. enough to be a par four yeah i mean par is obviously interesting in disc golf i personally I would rather see them stretch that a little bit further and make it a four, make it a four to where it's still achievable, but now it is like really tough and far enough now to where even when you do lay up, the upshot is still somewhat difficult to protect the birdie. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily like, cause that, that, and then you have a, 
more incentive, I guess, because if if you have a, a potential eagle and a birdie that's just a super easy upshot, people are going to go for the birdie. If you have a potential eagle and, oh, if you lay up, you still have to throw a shot over OB to a tight landing zone, there's more incentive for the eagle because now you might be separating an additional stroke or two if they go out of bounds. So, yeah, I, I personally, I'd like to see, I like to see that more in a par four or five layout. But I mean, it, as long as it's feasible to where people are actually going to go for it, I'm fine with it because it just creates separation and, it, and it's a storyline and it's interesting to watch. Uh, I, I definitely like having options though, like that off the tee. But if it's just wait to where it's like. Yeah, it's there, but nobody's really going for it all week unless they're out of the tournament. Then, like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. And I remember in the past, um, this was a tournament where it kind of helped. If I remember correctly, it kind of helped shape the way the Pro Tour and uh, Elite Series tournaments treat the FPO field in a way because mm-hmm. it's a way that they design the FPO course to be similarly scorable to the MPO course. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times we've talked about that before, where the scoring disparity can look so drastic because they'll either... It, it, the, Jonesboro took it a step farther than just changing the par. They actually made the course where they're playing a similar course. The holes are recognizable between the two if you're watching both coverages. But it, it was like one of the first courses to provide di- different tee pads, different basket locations, and only changing the par when necessary yeah. so that it's a similar scoreability for FPO and MPO without it just being... And- Oh, instead of a par, we'll make it a par three for MPO, par four right, for FPO type right. thing. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen an FPO layout yet that they're scoring like into double digits on a consistent basis, like per round. No, I, think I don't think so. It's almost been like every event is. This like one's going to be close. Yeah, if you get the double digits total, like you're you're doing pretty well. Yeah, so this yeah. one because like last year I believe. Um, Katrina Allen averaged close to eight under par. I think it was a little over seven under par yeah. to win. She won by eight strokes. And Paige th- averaged five under. Didn't came in Paige second. have like a crazy round here a couple she, years ago? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think is where she shot like, it was like, well, it was double digits. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was here. Yeah. Um, but it's a course where double digits per round is attainable in both yeah. fields. Um, and so I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Sticking with the FPO, I think one thing that's on a lot of people's questionnaire list leading into this is will Elaine King still be on commentary um obviously the whole thing went down with uh Kristen Tatar's daughter and Elaine King's involvement in that whole situation uh if you want more details on it I have a Twitter thread where I explain pretty much all the details I can find I also talk about it a lot on debate night we went through a whole section and you can find uh interview with um we can you can also find an interview with uh Elaine King on Smashbox. So yeah, with the commentary, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have a second group of commentators that they've used. So, like, I mean, I'll be bamboozled if Elaine is just straight up back in the booth. It's a weird situation because, like... I feel like they're going to give it a week or two to cool yeah. it down. Because it's a lot of a lot of try. overreaction, to be honest, happening by the disc golf community. Yeah, um, yeah. But there is some justified reaction within that. No, it would, like, if the Pro Tour were to say that that she's done in the booth for the, like that would not be unreasonable. Um, mm-hmm. But if they were to bring her back and she were to apologize, I wouldn't be like, that is unacceptable. Yeah. I think that's um, where, I think that's where the issues is bad right now <laughs> is so far. Elaine King hasn't truly apologized. She's explained her yeah. reasoning. And again, I fully believe that her intent was for the good of the event. I believe her intent behind her actions was positive. I think that her actions were just that you. Yeah, there's not really a reason to ever 
text a competitor caddy or be in the booth texting in a way that could influence an event. Yeah, people do get fired regardless. for stuff like that in the professional world. Like yeah. It. Well, it also is a question, too, of just a... I mean, I've never thought of it until this moment. Like, is it a conflict of interest to have a board of director member from the PDGA being a commentator? I don't know. It's it's There's weird, a lot like of weird conflict of interest questions and disc golf. Yeah, I mean, it's just people a wear a lot one. of hats. I think. I mean, another problem I think is that I really doubt that whenever any commentator goes on, uh, they lay out any kind of guidelines for them. Yeah, like, I'm not like, sure. Don't say this. Do say this because I mean they're out there again. We've talked about. The, a ton of free advertising that they always do. If they came up with a list of rules of what not to say, I'm sure there's. I mean, there's no way that would be on there. And then, like, I I think that they're just not really given a lot of information or guidelines as to what to do Possibly. whenever you're yeah. a commentator. Yeah, I don't know. I it's don't... a weird one, just because it almost like it backs the pro tour into a corner slightly because you don't want to just shun Elaine King. In a mm-hmm. lot of aspects, because she has done a lot of positives, she has done a lot of great things. But on the other side, you also don't want this to be an okay, acceptable standard, because where it didn't, it ended up being an okay situation when it was all said and done. It could have been worse, right? Well, Kristen um, did lose the major. She did, but <laughs> so this that, happened. That this happened on bad. hole three, right? But Kristen had the lead going to hole eighteen. You're. Right. I, I'm not saying that is. We what, can't. But the problem is. The problem is like. She did lose. Because I think if she won the major, this would really have been hush-hush. Yeah. The fact that she lost means that there's still a reason to talk about it. Yeah, well, but what I'm saying is, if everything is just smoothed over, we just move on like nothing happened, it raises a question of like, what if... Because uh, Brody brought up a good point of Nate Sexton's a commentator, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not texting about a rules violation of, hey, so-and-so's really been doing this, you can call him on it. Even if it's not that... What's if this is the standard? I don't think anyone would do this from the booth, but mm-hmm. it opens up that it might be allowed. Of Sexton's friends with Germ, obviously, be like, "Hey, dude, hole six is a sneaky headwind. Everyone's ending up way shorter. Yeah. Mm. Heads up." No, yeah, you're. And right. then I didn't it's think like that. that, like once that line of communication, it's like, "Hey, right. it's okay for commentators to get insight, get extra information that p- people on the ground might not have, and send it to the course, send it yeah. to specific no. people." Yeah. That's a line that just can't be crossed. <laughs> That's the first, yeah. The yeah. first thing I thought of when she texted, I was like, "That is just like there's a reason that in all professional sports, like cell phones are not a thing. Like the, the fact that you even see players on their phones during rounds is very weird because like your phone is a training aid. Mm-hmm. You could literally be on your phone looking at like tutorials, which is like it sounds ridiculous. They're pro disc golfers, but it's like." professional sports like the cell phone communication is x nate if you have your phone out on like an nfl sideline like the fines you get are crazy like pga tour because well, there's a lot of information you could be getting you could right. have like all it, kinds of the things. easiest thing to do is just say no phones like it, it just makes things a lot more simple and i understand it's it's weird right now because of live scoring like players that's really the only way they're going to get scoring information um there's not just scoreboards all over the place so like i don't think it's I really don't think it's going to be a huge issue for players per se, but when it's that obvious that stuff is coming from the booth, like for the commentators to tell them to just put their phones away, that's not a difficult thing to do. Say, yeah. hey, no phones while we're in the booth. Like that's policy. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that becomes a policy. It's going to bother. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like the pro tour, the thing about the pro tour is like, you know, they're not necessarily the people to like crack down on stuff and be super harsh, but they do take feedback and the feedback has been loud. Yeah. So it would. I mean, I just wouldn't be shocked if if she, that was the last time we see Elaine in the booth. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. It was also interesting to see 
people the were fired Instagram up. response and the Facebook response to her post, Facebook a lot more like it's okay, Elaine. We know you're a positive intent. Uh, a lot more love, like it's okay. Well, it's that's okay. because it's her Facebook friends. And then Instagram was like, even post two weeks ago, are like, oh, you're using that Bushnell to snitch people on people? Going, like, people it, are going at her neck. Maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting, interesting difference going on. And I, I, I'm just curious what'll end up happening. I would just, I would love to know what the f- process is. Like, I would imagine, like, if. The way it probably should work is after every event, there should be a team that meets together with the commentary team and you go over the whole event and just like what we did right, what we did wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like I would love to have been a fly on that wall and just like know like what they, how they address that. If they were like, oh, it's no big deal. Like just don't let, like I'm surely they had to like have a serious talk about that because like it was, yeah. a, it was a very big issue. It's fascinating. But yeah, well, you're about to say something, Connor? Oh, I was just going to say if, if, we go down the route, which only makes sense, uh, of no phones. That's going to make a lot of players upset because of listening to music. But that's another thing. That we've also talked banned. about this. Yeah. I mean, technically, they could be have somebody in the ear saying, "Hey, up here, you know, there's a sneaky something." Down that's the what I'm fairway. saying. Like, as soon as you open phones, like, and not, we're not saying any of this is happening, but no. it can. Like, think about it. You got an AirPod in, and you've got your buddy who happens to be a spectator That's what I was saying, yeah. down ahead of the course, like feeding you information on stuff. Like, get, like there it's can almost be, something where phones are just someone needs to just be the person who pushes all these. It's like, this is a stupid rule, but it's in place or a stupid non-rule. So I'm going to take advantage of it and just, hey, yeah. I'm going to send my wife in the crowd and I'm going to be on a phone call with her and she's going to tell me what's going on up by the green every hole. Yeah. Just so like, I have the information. Because like, until the, until the boundaries get pushed... Because obviously that's something that like shouldn't be able to happen. But until the boundaries get pushed, it sounds like a ridiculous thing. Like who on earth would do that? It's like yeah. all it takes is one. You find out that the person who won the major had information the entire time yep. that no one else yeah. had on the card, it's, and they weren't sharing. It's, it's super. Like, it's super weird. That's why like because ph- phones like phones can do so much. It's it's like, like obviously there's, it's like a, this is a whole computer in right, your pocket exactly. nowadays. Isn't so, that wild? It is just weird. It's How really do they fit weird a computer to me. in this thing because <laughs> like when you watch any other pro sport, you. You just don't see a cell phone. Come Back out. in my day, the whole room was a computer. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, whenever they like just they're showing players in between holes and they're just like playing Candy Crush on their phone, it just like it's very foreign to me. I'm just like that's so weird that like you're allowed because like even in high like I played high school golf in high school, you're not allowed to have your phone out. Like that's you you'll get DQ'd. Like they're you're just not allowed to do it. It's just like a it's kind of just a thing. So it's weird seeing it in disc golf and like I'm sure. Disc golfers united are about to absolutely DGU, destroy baby. us for that take. Just like, oh, like, what are they going? Else, are they going to do it between backups and blah 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 blah. Hacky like, sack, baby, come on. Yeah, get the hacky sack out. You're not something. getting any wind read from hacky sack. Or I don't know, just sit uh, there and wait. Another <laughs> another storyline as we head into Jonesboro, I think, is uh, Kevin Jones historically does pretty well here, even when he's not had the best seasons. This is the only time he ever him. won anything, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's it. I don't know. Uh, I didn't look up to that much. Uh, this is also um, Kev's coffee. home somewhat. Uh, it's obviously he's in Arkansas, from Arkansas. Hey, wait, no, he didn't win this. I just no. looked at the previous winners. I, was gonna say, I don't so think, I think so. Every like year people just it. go like, Kevin Jones returned to well, his, his home. Like, But he, he does, come, like last year he came in fourth. Whoopty. And like, okay, but this year he's averaging like 24. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, it's so funny that like that's the narrative, but like no, he, he hasn't performs well. It. I never yeah. said he won, wins here. He no, I'm not, well no, here. I'm just saying like, that's like a lot of people say that, not you. Like He's the, the Jonesboro golden child. Yeah, Kevin But like, Jonesboro. I'm just saying like, this could, this grounds. could be a momentum builder for his season. No, nah, dude. It could Kevin. be. I'll put, I'll put $10 right now. He does not win. I never, 
But would you put ten dollars in come top five? Yes. Okay. Ten bucks. <laughs> there we go. I don't you, think he's gonna obviously win. Obviously, you owe me ten if he doesn't come top yeah, five. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, I don't think he's gonna win, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I think, think he will. I don't know. He just hasn't been he good this top, season. He, yeah, he wasn't good last season. Pick him for your the, top three, to Hunter. You won't. I won't. I feel like he was better oh. though, wasn't he? Did you look at it? I looked at it. Okay. It was a very similar start. We'll see. And he came in fourth. I just but, feel like he's comfortable here. We'll see what happens. We'll see what but happens. this could be a turning point to a season if he's able to pop off, like, get up in the. I just here's the thing. I like Kevin Jones, so I love Kevin. I just get mad at him because I want him to be good, and I want him to be another face that's like up there competing for wins because I like his game too. It's different. It's refreshing yeah. and he's not. I think that's how everybody feels about Kevin Jones. I think ev- in everybody... He's Ricky Fowler. He's literally Ricky Fowler. Like that's who we compared no, him to last he's time. he's Kevin Jones. He's literally... You mean figuratively? No, literally. Oh. They're the same person. It's Holy wild. Cow, that's, that's why. Crazy. That's why they're both struggling. They're trying to play two sports professionally. That's yeah, right. that's tough. That's mm. right. Kind of a similar stature. Splitting hairs. That's not what that means. Nope. Okay. Could though. <laughs> All right. My keys to victory here. I actually don't combined be Kevin them. Jones. That's your key to <laughs> no. victory. I can, Kevin Jones is going to win this weekend. You watch. That would be awesome. I'm going to combine the five, MPO man. and that would be top five. <laughs> MPO and FPO for these keys to victory because they're both the same. Uh, first one is the only statistically backed one because there's only one stat that matters out here. And that's gain T to green. It's a big stat for both MPO and FPO. And it's a thrower's course overall. And I think the players that can give themselves opportunities will be near the top of the leaderboard. I love a thrower's course. Uh, and I think the secondary part to that, the second key to victory for both, is to be aggressive. Because players need to constantly put themselves in a position to score regularly out there. MPO, I think, will need to average over double digits to be in contention. And yeah. I think FPO will need to push double digits every round. And both of those scores require an aggressive attacking mindset. And like I said previously... It didn't seem that OB rate had a direct correlation to finishing spot. So being aggressive and ending up OB here and there is better than playing it safe and not ever being in position. Well, if Paul can shoot 16 under at WR, then like you should be seeing 18 under here. Yeah. Uh, how, do so you not, get, how do you not think that way as an athlete when you do that? Like thinking to yourself like, well, what the heck? Like, if I could do that. Give me that, Pim. Yeah. Um, so coming into this weekend, I am now in the lead with 40 total points. Boo. 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 Connor is in second with 33 Woo. and Trevor is in third at 27 points. Um, let's get into predictions. I'm goated, dude. I'll lead it off. Yeah, I'm go going ahead, with MPO. See those? Yeah, I did. Woo. Third place. I'm going with Mr. Thrower himself. Oh, senior, senior throw. You better you have will. Kevin Jones in there, dude. Drew Gibson, third place. Wow. wow. Second place, I'm going with uh, Hot Hand. Hot Hand. Mr. Paul McBeth. Okay, okay. Um, Thrower's course. Kevin Jones. He's a good thrower. First place, Ricky Wysocki. He's always, okay. he's always in contention at Jonesboro. He's won it every time except for one. I think, I think it's Ricky's tournament. So that's my three for MPO. Let's go with Trevor next. <laughs> um, you got me. You got me real good. I've got Paul in third place. Ooh. All right. Um, I've got Chris Dickerson in second. Can't pick against that guy. I just can't. can't I, I don't have the do heart it. to do it because he's so consistent. It. He's like my Calvin Heinberg from last year where it's just like every single event. I'm going to pick him in second or first. Um, and then I've got Ricky in first because, yeah, I think Ricky's going to be. Slammer. He's got that slammer. He's got had a week to dial it in now. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not want weak, weak dialed slammer Ricky. You do not want that, and I also think that he's going to be very hungry after last week. He, I'm very he seemed, hungry. Me too. He seemed very upset about not winning that major. All righty, I've got in third place Christerson Dickerson. 
Uh, that's Chris nice. Dickerson for you, for the people in the back. Oh shoot, I already wrote it down. Um, and then I've gotten second place. I've got Ricky Wysocki taking it. Second place, and then I've got none other than Paul Macbeth. I think he's right. I think he's riding that high. And once we'll once Paul once Paul's on, he's on. And I think he's going to be on for this tournament. So, so we all have Ricky and Paul in our top three. Y'all both have Dickerson. And I have yep. Drew. Should yep. be an interesting yep. one. Yep. Uh, Connor, keep it rolling. What's your FPO? All right, my FPO pick. Uh, get ready. Uh, I'm ready. Get I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I said that like it was going to be interesting. It's not. I've got Cat in third place. She. I picked her first pl- for first place for the Champions Cup. She let me down. And then I've got Kristen in second place. She was second place, Champions Cup. I feel like she'll stay there. And as much as I didn't want to pick Paige, because I felt like as I was watching coverage during Champions Cup, she was just hitting trees left and right. There's no trees out here, though. It was was trees. Paige is dangerous. But it felt like she was, sorry, uh, it felt like she was playing really rough, but she still won. So I'm just saying, if Paige plays rough, if you can she still win wins. on if you can win on your bad days, exactly, it's pretty so tough it's, to it's pick against her. It's hard to bet against her. So I'm yeah. going Paige, taking it down. First All right, place. Trevor, what you got? Um, here's the thing: I really wanted to put Haley King in here somewhere, but I'm just not ready to do it yet. Okay, okay. that's just one. This would be that's big of you to admit. Yeah, big of me to. I admit I feel like that. this could be the course for it to happen. Though. It could be. Um, I've got Kristen in third. Okay, I've got Paige in second, and I'm going to go with Katrina in first. I feel like it's her turn. And she finished that that major. She started out poor, but she finished really strong. So I think that would give her some momentum. It's a thrower's course. All right. And what did, what did I always say? I've said it so many times. Hey, Cat hey, hey. Cat is come the best on. thrower of the disc in FPO. You stole my whole line. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. There's not going to be much separation on FPO because I've got Kristen Tatar, third place predicted, Paige Pierce, second place, and Katrina Allen, first place. Because I've said it many All times. Right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not going to say it again. But I do think it's a thrower's course. I heard Cats that, but I was I was too hurt. I was too hurt from last week. No, that's fair. I respect that. That's fair. We all have the I same three. The heck in heck out of that. We all have the Somebody's same. bound to get it right. Yeah, we all have the same three. Or we in all FPO. get it wrong. So we're either all getting points there. or no one's getting points. Yeah, true. Um, dark horse for me, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he's back. He's back and better than ever. He's been back, Mister Eric Oakley. Eric Oakley is my dark horse pick. <sighs> Good pick. I um, I thought about picking him last week for the major, and I was like, you oh, should it might have. be too soon. And he did really well. Trevor, what's your dark Dang. horse? I am doing what I swore to never do. Oh, and I'm taking the dark horse himself. Wow, Mister Brody. Dude, you, know, you know that it's an emotional game to play. That is brave Smith. of you. I'm already crying. <laughs> That's big of you, man. All right, I'm going with uh, I just tried Ben to my balls. Calloway is oh, my dark horse pick. Great mm-hmm. pick. Now, why did you do that? I picked him because I like Ben Calloway. I haven't seen and his name. And he's not in the top 50. I haven't seen and his he's name playing this tournament. Good logic. Good logic. <laughs> good logic. He also has a really good logo. Yes. Connor just wins no matter what. Yeah. So. Although my dark horse picks have mean? actually I lost been last week. My dark horse picks have been good this year. It's even rather dark horse, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Literally this this week. So there you have it. That is the Jonesboro Open preview. Pretty short preview, um, I think. Felt, felt kind of short. We're Maybe exhausted from the major. Yeah. There's uh, so much major things. I Should think be. like Pavlov's Law, every time that you say, there you have it, my body makes me clap. I don't have it. There you have it. All right. And well, uh, Hunter's Law. You have it there. Um, nice, dude. <laughs> uh, coverage will be obviously live on the Disc Golf Network every day. Jomez, Gatekeeper, all that good stuff will be post-produced next day if you want to keep up with it. And um, should be a good time. Should be a fun tournament. And we'll be back Monday in a car to recap it all it's for you. Awesome. That is really sneaking up awesome. on us. It's really sneaking up. It really is. Only a few days away. Wildness. 
We'll talk to you Monday.